Hold on then one second. You right there? Yeah, just having a little drink from your new flip-top flask. Have you have you been paid by Mountain Warehouse or something like that to um, endorse their flip-top flask? We've never opened up an episode of our day takeaway. What's going on I've here? never listened. It's basically just a flask, right? I had to buy a flapjack from Mountain Warehouse, which I agree sounds weird, but if you if I got over a certain price, I'd get the, the flask half price. And it's a flip-top so, uh, flask. Just unclear. For one, for one second, what were you buying to make the other half price? Were you buying the flask to make the ha- flapjack half price or the, the flapjack to make the flask half price? That's a good point. I should have made that clear. I, I was in the market for a new flask because I've been beating myself up about not drinking enough water. So I went in there. She said, uh, we've got some new flip-top flasks in, but yeah. you can get them for half price if you spend over a certain amount. And the flapjack would have put me into that... <laughs> Sorry, hit the microphone with me flat. Flapjack put me in that zone, isn't it? Yeah. But it's over-engineered, so the, the lid comes up. If I press a button on the lid, listen now how, how urgent the action is on it. Wow. And that's taking me glasses off a couple of times, yeah. so I've got it the wrong way around. <laughs> I'd pay to see that. But look, it won't go back down again properly. I think they've over they, they've over-engineered it. Because yeah. a couple more uses of that, it's not going to close properly, is it? Actually, so your, your, as your reviewers continued of the Mountain Warehouse flask, I'm now con- convinced that you haven't taken money for it because you're now saying it's over-engineered. Well, this is, I'm, just being, I'm an honest reviewer, yeah. do you know what I mean? It's this either me or which, the two things. <laughs> not, I don't mean no which. Let me take my glasses off and allow you to hear it hit me in the forehead, which is what had happened to me a couple of times when I've opened it from the wrong angle. Here we go. Three, two, one. Oh! <laughs> Oh, it really hurts. This is the Daily Takeaway. takeaway. Right, I'm going to ask everyone to regress to their childhood right now, right at the start of the show. So I've got a little side project launching today, a podcast series called Scarred for Life. It's a weekly dive into the stuff that used to scare us as kids. Particularly like, you know, the bleak pop culture of like the 70s and 80s. and Stuff that was on telly back then would never be on telly these days. Not in a million million years, it frightened the life out of kids. And basically how it works is we get a guest on each week. They bring with with them three things that have scarred them for life. We've got some good guests like Jeremy Dyson from League of Gentlemen and Andy Nyman, etc. But I find it fascinating um, what stuff stays with people for... It can be like a little inconsequential thing from a childhood, but it stays with you for the rest of your life. Like for me, uh, my nana from Liverpool had loads of, like, religious iconography everywhere. Mm-hmm. So, like, all around the house from, in, in Norris Green, this council house in Norris Green, like, we used to spend loads of time there when I was a kid. And it used to scare the life out of me and my brother. So whether it was, like, she had a glow-in-the-dark Virgin Mary, do you remember them? <laughs> we used to call it the Praise the Lord implement, me and my brother. She used to glow at, glow at night, this Virgin Mary. Uh, and then there was a, a um, I think it was called the Passion of the Christ, which was like a metallic picture of Jesus with his heart on fire. Right. But its eyes used to follow you around the room oh, wow. all the time. She also had loads of little bottles of holy water and then cuttings of like saints' cassocks, right. which are like lucky charms in in like, amulet, like amulets or bracelets. Quite the house. It was literally wall to wall. If you did no chance of getting a vampire in there, <laughs> not in a million years. But it used to absolutely scare the living daylight, particularly going into her bedroom. Like if you were staying over at my nan's, you'd never go in there because it was just packed with religious artefacts from <laughs> a particular era. Is there one thing from childhood that stayed with you? Primary school. Uh, it was uh, one of those programmes uh, that you used to watch in class, uh, got wheeled into the uh, classroom, the telly on the uh, on the stool and all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, I used to love that TV. Uh, the Boy from Space. Uh, it was horrendous. Um, they were spacemen in, in like light blue silvery outfits uh, but one of them was just like like taking kids it was it was just all my mum wrote to my teacher and said 
please take Richie out of class when this is on. He <laughs> gets nightmares. I got nightmares. It was, it was his name as well, Peep Peep. It was, he was called Peep Peep. Peep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's kind of creepy in, in its own right. And the actual creepiest guy was the thin spaceman. Oh, yeah, the one with the, like, yeah. the uh, Flash's Mac on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they all read backwards. Oh, it's just horrible. It's weird, isn't it? There's something about, um, you know when people have like, they have like, Coloured, they, they they get like a um, like a sprayed on skin colour. So he was yeah. like silver. He was, he was silver. And they kind of slightly rub it into their hair. And it was the same thing with Lou Ferrino when he was the Incredible Hulk. I used yeah. to be absolutely petrified of that when I was a kid. It's like that spray can on the skin. I tell you what's close to it these days. If you watch CBeebies, Robert the Robot. Oh yeah, yeah. With uh, with his kind of sprayed silver, on face. Sprayed yeah. something about the sprayed on face. So look. Do us a favour, get in touch with one thing that scarred you for life as a kid. Uh, it might be cathartic to get it off your chest. Uh, Richard Stone's been on, he says, he used to be scared by those heated bathroom lights from the 80s. They had a glow that never went off properly. I used to force my mum and dad and nan and granddad to have their bathroom doors permanently shut so I didn't have to see it. He then adds that he also was scared of the, uh, the X noise from Family Fortunes. <laughs> oh, God, don't say him off again. Uh, Glenn's in Belfast uh, would like to put forwards um, tracing paper, toilet paper from school. Oh. I mean, school, school toilets as a whole were horrendous, but as Glenn says, that, that was capable of scarring both emotionally and physically. <laughs> double double trouble there. <laughs> Just even like, yeah, like old radiators at school, repainted over thousands of times <laughs> from Victorian times. Uh, Martin in Inverness says, I remember coming flying out of the bathroom, speaking of which, in tears in my first year in primary school when the fire alarm went off for the very first time it was identical to a world war ii air raid siren and it continued to scar the life out of me every time it went off imagine that if the the fire alarm was horrendous. an air raid siren horrendous that's so bleak uh, obviously about that era with the threat of nuclear war and that tv show threads and everything as well uh, right we've got katie on the line katie what petrified you as a kid an oversized costume you know people when they're wearing like a mascot costume and they walk around <laughs> So, like, when they have to, like, hold their tummies a bit to, like, be able to stand still properly or to see you, or they hold their face, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, it was the Lurpak man did it for me. How did the Lurpak man do that for you? Because he was in Tesco's advertising Lurpak, and um, (laughs) it was Valentine's Day, or around Valentine's, and he had roses. Right. So he, he was handing out roses, but I was terrified of this giant butter man. And, um, yeah, he kept following me around and I did not like it. So is he the one that does the trombone? He plays the trombone really quickly and someone puts a lid of a butter dish over the top of his head? Yeah. Someone should have done that then. Because <laughs> my, my, a girl I went out with, I've mentioned this before on the show, but a girl I, I used to go out with in Torquay used to dress up as Mr Wimpy at the weekend for work <laughs> at Wimpy and Fleet Walk. So I had a similar kind of thing. It used to be quite triggering for me to see her walking around in a sponge outfit with a trident. <laughs> Yeah, it's the same. It's horrible. Katie, so obviously it's put you off um, and scarred you with these oversized mascots, but have you bought Lurpak? No, never. Wow. <laughs> it's really strong for <laughs> it affects her. affects her to this day. Well, good to speak to you and thanks for sharing. <laughs> Thank you. Vicky from Birmingham says uh, she used to be petrified of Ronald McDonald. Uh, if you had to go to a McDonald's party as a kid in the 80s and hunt for Ronald, I was probably the only kid who prayed he wasn't actually there. <laughs> uh, Sam's hanging on. Sam, who was scarred of what? George is absolutely petrified of the Silent Night Hippo. Okay, so who's George? So George is my partner. We've been together for quite a while now. Okay, and so George, George is scared of the Silent Night Hippo. Please explain. <laughs> so... <laughs> Basically, one of the first things I found out about George when we first started dating is he is terrified of this hippo and still is now, and it still lives in his dad's house. <laughs> I'm not sure I know what the Silent Night Hippo is. You're going to have to explain. 
so I think it's the mascot for Silent Night mattresses or something. Yeah. But you, when you get a mattress, you get a free toy. Oh, is he the is he hippo wearing pee stripy PJs? Yeah, 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 yeah. You see the see him on the pillows. Yeah, it kind of and that. looks like um, the boy in the striped pajamas, but hippo version. Oh, that's that's a, that's a pleasant mental image. Okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so anyway, his mum and dad. He couldn't talk. He was tiny, and he shared a bedroom with his brother. And his mum and dad thought, oh, free toy, giant toy. He'll love that. Shove it at the end of his bed. <laughs> <laughs> and then he couldn't talk, so he couldn't say how scared he was of it. So he just put up with this for like however many years. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, when he could eventually like gather the words and he knew what to say, he was like, Mum, please, can you get rid of this horrible hippo? <laughs> Bearing down on him. And so th- this thing is still at his parents' house at the moment, right? I believe I've never actually seen it. I think he's too scared to ever actually show it to me. But um, I believe it still lives in his dad's loft. His dad's got like loads of stuff up there. But, wow. um, yeah, so he's just been relegated to the loft. That is unbelievable. That and, and how does George feel about you sharing this uh, deep-rooted psychological <laughs> issue with the rest of the nation? <laughs> We work at home and he's busy working away in the corner. I was like, please, will you let me share it? And he was like, don't mention me by name. Well, that's- <laughs> well that horse has bolted. Cat's out the bag. Yeah, I just wanted to do it anyway. But um, yeah, he's in the corner just smiling away because he knows how embarrassing it is. God bless him. And, and hopefully he finds some form of closure for his ongoing issue with the Silent Night Hippo at some point. <laughs> confront it you know he needs to go up into the loft and he needs to have words with this what about that george is going up into the loft there's only one way to sort this out <laughs> he's, he's shaking his head he's like no i can't do it mark in essex has just texted in to say i bet that bloke george wasn't half as scared of the silent night hippo as the duckling who had to share a bed with it <laughs> do you remember that there was a duck in the bed <laughs> as well yeah. there was a duck in the bed uh, this text says my partner terrified of buttons which is the same phobia that steve jobs had and how we ended up with touchscreen technology no is that you can't tell me that we've got touchscreens in the world because Steve Jobs was scared of buttons. I mean, if that's the case, that is an incredible <laughs> bit of information at this stage of the evening. Could be a mind blown, which returns to the show after six. Gary Watson says, uh, the Vidi printer on BBC Saturday afternoon final score in the days of black and white TV, it used to scare me to death. It was bad enough just waiting for a result, but when it used to jump across the screen, I hid behind the sofa. It's got to be the weirdest one yet. I can only imagine being scared of the Vidi printer if I supported a bad team and I just didn't want to see the score coming through. What are you trying to say? No, nothing. They don't do the video printer anymore. <laughs> and it's Everton, I believe, you're talking about. <laughs> Wayne, what scarred you for life? It was, uh, when I was a kid, right, every summer, Concord would fly over the garden with the red arrows, you know, like the Queen's Jubilee celebration thing. Yeah. And I was always in the garden on my own. Can you imagine that noise? In the garden on your own as it comes over. So you used to hit the deck like uh, someone's buzzing the yeah. flight tower in, in Top Gun or something? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, this was, you know, in the 70s. You'd come over every summer, I remember vividly, and I said to my mum one day, I said, Mum, are they coming over today? She went, no. So I was out in the garden on my own. Of course, they come over. <laughs> <laughs> I was in a bundle of tears on the floor. <laughs> Do you know what? The red arrows are amazing, but they are very, very noisy. And I can remember as a kid, they they would be there every summer along yeah. the seafront at the air displays and all that kind of thing. And I, I wasn't really a fan because, because like of it. the noise. I would never... I don't want to offend anyone who's, who's into air shows and that, but I, why would you want to go to one of those things? Just have their life together. They used to do the exact same thing with me. I used to live on a hill in Brixham in Devon and they would the red arrows would fly over one day in the summer for the, the Sulcum Regatta every year and I would never remember what day it was so they just come out the blue flying like 15 feet above the house and we all used to hit the deck in our in our garden or whatever it was terrifying 
Do you know what? It's still no- noisy, and I, I don't know enough about aeroplanes, but I wonder whether the Red Arrows have ever considered putting a muffler yes. on the back of their plane, or, or does that mean that they couldn't then have the, the coloured smoke? Well, or even go electric. Can they not go electric? <laughs> the Daily Takeaway. Richie's Daily Takeaway. Now, Absolute Radio celebrating its 15th birthday this month. As you know, uh, Dave's giant birthday card is making its way around the country on The Breakfast Show. And here on Home Time, we are throwing a party this Thursday evening, a party in the studio for a load of listeners, and then we're all going 10-pin bowling straight after, just like you might have done back in the day for your actual 15th birthday. I'm looking forward to it. As I said on the show yesterday, I'm looking forward to uh, the food, maybe more so than the bowling, because I'm not very good. Stop trotting out this I'm not good at bowling stuff because I'm not buying it. I know that you're just being a bandit. Your team name is Bush's Bandits as well. Oh, yeah. What are you guys again? uh, Richie's Locos. I like that. So uh, I'm not falling for it. We'll see. Uh, But tonight on the show, uh, a draft is taking place as we pick our actual teams uh, that will be representing Bush and myself when we go bowling on the Thursday night. Thank you to everybody who has got in touch online to say that they'll be up for coming. We've narrowed it down to... uh, is it 11, 11 bowlers we have in front of us? 11 right bowlers, yes. Uh, what we've done is we've got them to tell us a fact about each other. So we're gonna, we'll are gonna we read you out the bowlers that are up for grabs and then we'll be doing the draft in the next five or ten minutes on the show. So, let's meet bowler number one, Ryan Lamar. His fact is that he works in fridges so doesn't feel the cold at all. Bowler number two is Chris Dovey. He says, I'm factless, which is part of my mystery. <laughs> I misread that and thought he was slagging himself off. <laughs> Bowler number three, James Spicer. His fact is that he carried the Olympic torch in 2012. Bowler number four is Helen Waterman. Her fact is I'm not part of the producer Waterman dynasty, but my dad was an ex-semi-pro bowler. Really? Yeah. Well, there, they might down in the DNA a little bit. Bowler number five, James Fanning. His fact is I do a lot of competitions. <laughs> Great. Bowler six, Mick O'Rourke. I'm a total chilli fanatic and I grow thousands of chilies, mostly super hots. I make my own sauces and chilli jams for a hobby. He's a live wire. <laughs> Bowler number seven is Tracy Shepherd. Her fact is she does magic tricks. <laughs> I could end the, the evening, interestingly. Um, Melissa McNally is bowler number eight. I've written a series of books. I'm from New Zealand and I'm one of nine kids. There are two sets of identical twins, and I'm one of them. Loving your work. Bowler number nine, Cassandra Durant. I once appeared on Dave's breakfast show when he was going to be on Pointless. I gave him tips, as I'm a previous winner. <laughs> he totally ignored my advice, it seems. I was going to leave that bit out. There's a bit of a slide to Dave. I thought I'd just stick the boot in. Didn't take Cassandra's advice, and look what happened. Sorry, Dave. Uh, bowler ten, Billy Hines. I scored 235 once at bowling. I'm a legend. Billy Hines. What's he from Hines. Viz or something like that? <laughs> a fish in a, in a football kit. And then finally, this guy I'm a bit obsessed with, Francis Rodriguez, whose fact is I am competitive. <laughs> God, I swear I signed him on Pro Evo 98. <laughs> Oh, there's the bowlers that we can choose from then. Uh, yes, the draft happening in about five minutes' time. Who's going to win? Will it be Bush's Bandits? Will it be my locos? We'll find out. This is the Daily Takeaway. It's time for the draft. We're going to take turns picking. Uh, you can go first because I have fallen for this whole ruse that you're not very good <laughs> at bowling. So if that really is the truth and you haven't sucked me in, you can go gone differently and have the first pick. Okay, so... So... 
Uh, I'm going to select bowler 11, Francis Rodriguez, because I'm intrigued by him, because he just says his fact is I'm competitive. Okay, here we go. The drafts. Okay. Francis Rodriguez for you. All right, okay. I will go with uh, bowler number 10, Billy Hines, who says, I scored 235 once at bowling. I'm a legend. Okay, so Billy Hines has been picked. I'm going to go with... uh, Helen Waterman. You know the one who's uh, got a family history of bowling? Mm-hmm. I'll pick her. That's okay. bowler number four. Now, I believe that Helen Waterman is the only person that's coming with a plus one because it's her birthday, so that counts as two picks. <laughs> oh, what? Yes! <laughs> who's the other person, then? Her... Her other half. All right, so I've, I've got... No offence, but I've got him as part of the deal. I don't even know who he is. Yeah, correct, I've yeah. not vetted him. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. OK, that's fine. Right... Uh, my pick. I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with uh, bowler number nine, Cassandra Durant, who appeared on Dave's show because she was on Pointless and she was a previous winner. So she's obviously like good under pressure. So I'm going to go with Cassandra. Okay. So I I haven't written this down properly here. <laughs> this 11. is so you, you're even messing up a draft I'm messing the draft up so badly Imagine me on the NFL, they'll be like, what is this guy oh, I haven't done the drone <laughs> I was going to do the low music <laughs> This has really confused me I'm going to go with bowler number three, who is James Spicer He carried the Olympic torch in 2012 okay, right. I'm going to go with <laughs> Bowler number seven uh, Tracy Shepard, who says, I do magic tricks. If you do magic tricks, you're going to be good with your fingers and hands, and I think that's handy for balls. OK, fantastic. Thank you for that, Richie. Ryan Lamar, bowler number one. I'm going to select him. He works in fridges and is ice cold. <laughs> OK. Um, I am going to do... I'm going to go with uh, James Fanning, bowler of five. I do competitions. I do competitions. <laughs> it could be my worst pick, but I've just got a feeling about it. OK, so have I got to pick one more? Because obviously, um, I'll, I'll be honest with you, Helen, Helen Waterman plus one <laughs> has thrown me somewhat. Uh, so that's one, two, three, four, five. I've got five people. Yeah, so I don't... you've got one more pick, and then I've got the two that are left. I see, OK. OK. I'm going to go with Melissa McAnally. At number, she's a bowler number eight. She's from New Zealand. She's one of nine children. Okay. I've got to be competitive if you've got siblings like that. It's a good point. I like that. So I am left with um, chilli fanatic Mick O'Rourke, who makes chilli jam. Brilliant. And Chris Dover, who says, I don't have any facts. I'm mysterious. <laughs> and you get the pair of them. I do, yeah. Is that I the equivalent of when you're doing football picking at school and <laughs> yeah, then you can have those two? <laughs> you're all cr- welcome and we're delighted all of you are coming, <laughs> but Chris and Mick... You were left against the wall. <laughs> there you go, you two get over there and we'll see how this pans out on Thursday for our bowling extravaganza. We hope you enjoyed the draft. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. Searching for new knowledge right now, giving you the chance to blow our minds in Mind Blown. If you've got a different way of doing something from someone else or maybe a fact to share, let us know. You can tweet us at Absolute Radio. Oh, we've got about a 50% successful blown rate so far, uh, I would say, in terms of stuff that you guys have got in touch. Got a good feeling about this one though because this guy's very confident we welcome to the show nathan nathan tell everyone what you're going to blow our minds with the shower orange <laughs> the shower orange the mind boggles uh, nathan please tell us what a shower orange is a few years ago i had a bit of a sinus problem and i did a bit of research on the internet and you see some crazy stuff um, one of the ideas was to put an orange in the fridge overnight this morning get out either peel it or chop it into quarters here shower nice and hot yep pump in 
and just eat the eat the orange like you're an animal. Just really have at it, go crazy, juice flying everywhere. No worries about getting sticky because you're in the shower. <laughs> the orange itself tastes glorious, but the best thing is all the citrus in it tears your nose out in no time at all. No, no sinus problems ever since. Listen to them, the orange in the fridge. Wow, so if you get if you get sinus problems, the first thing you do then is run to the fridge, stick, a, stick an orange in there for the next morning. The bigger the, bigger, the better. That means, though, you've got to eat in the shower, and um, that's not hygienic, I don't think, because, obviously, if you're eating, uh, devouring an orange the way you're instructing us, there's going to be shower water going in your mouth, and that's obviously coming from the upstairs tank, which we all know you can't drink out of. Well, I live in an apartment, so I don't have an upstairs tank. It's all coming through the normal supply. He's eating oranges in the shower. That's completely carefree. <laughs> no repercussions. That's amazing. So when you tell people about the shower orange, do they try it or, or they say, get out of here, Nathan, I'm not doing that? It's, I'd say it's a mix of that, but mainly probably about 90% saying, get out of here, Nathan, I'm not doing that. But the 10% that do, it changes their lives. Well, well, well. Do you know what? I've just Googled... Very cynically, shower orange. That's, that's, a, that's a tricky one, uh, it, a dangerous one to search for. At work particularly, and the first article that comes up is, have you tried eating an orange in the shower? I'm not alone. Good man. Well, I'm going to say, mind blown. Fantastic. Thank you, guys. That's how you do it. If you've got something that's going to blow our minds, get in touch. Elaine has emailed in, hometime at absoluteradio.co.uk. She says, dear Bush and Richie, I will tell you in two words something that's going to blow your mind. Weighted blankets. <laughs> she says, I used to have terrible trouble sleeping with it, insomnia, etc., because of being stressed through work. And a friend of mine recommended to get myself a weighted blanket. I bought one about two months ago, and I haven't looked back since. It's like being hugged to sleep. You need to try it. It will blow your mind. Now, um... I, I, if my mind is already open to the concept of a weighted blanket, can it be blown by it? Because I'd love the idea of a weighted blanket. But you've never tried one, I've right? I've never tried one, so no. It, no. There, it, there, therefore, you could be blown it by could, it. <laughs> the it mind. could still be blown, yeah. Um, because th- it's not about keeping warm. It's it's the concept of everything sinking around you. And I, I believe what I read about it is that the, the science of... It's almost as if you're back in the womb. Yeah. And being swaddled, and that's what gives you that good sleep. Or you could just save money and put loads of crockery on yourself while you're in bed. Just wait yourself. Do that. Could do. Lag that. yourself down. Well, I mean, you know, we haven't got any. This nope. is the only problem, isn't it? But nope. we like the look of it. So we'll just put that as a pending. A, yes. a soft pencil. To be blown. To, that's that's uh, an abbreviation <laughs> that might possibly not be able to be used in the future. But yeah, uh, watch this space. The Daily Takeaway. Richie's Daily Takeaway. We're very excited by an email that's just come into the studio. Hometime at absoluteradio.co.uk. That's how you can get in touch. Jade has just done that from the Little Blanket Shop. We're talking weighted blankets. Yeah, well, yes. <laughs> no, seriously. What? On Mind Blown, not yeah. 20 minutes, 15 minutes ago, we were talking about weighted blankets. Jade was in the car listening and said, would it be possible for me to send in some weighted blankets for you to review on the show? Yeah, I'll tell me we only talking about it literally 15 minutes ago. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Is that how this works? Let's start talking about Harley Davidson's. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think we'd be so lucky. Uh, but yeah, they're going to be couriered to us. Should be in the show for tomorrow. Wow. Obviously, we can't wear weighted blankets during a show, but we can take them home tomorrow night. I never thought in a million years that we'd ever end up anywhere near a weighted blanket. No, no, me neither. No. This is a game changer for us. Hey, listen, let's 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 work this out. So, if they're coming tomorrow, we're gonna sleep with a weighted blanket on Wednesday night. Yeah. Thursday's show, you won't have heard anything like it. We're going to be new men, and then we go bowling in the evening. Yeah. With this extra plus fifteen hit points, if you play Dungeons and Dragons. This is the day. 
Daily Takeaway. As this episode of The Daily Takeaway draws to an end, uh, can we just go back to the beginning? I'm fascinated about the uh, the flapjack. Honestly. You're still drinking from that sorry, flask. Sorry, still having a bit of a drink. peeing like a horse on the way home. Flip-top flask. Best flapjack I've ever had in my life. Really? You know, you and I are flapjack connoisseurs. If we ever do a tour again, forget chip shops, flapjack tour of the United Kingdom. Uh, Wouldn't uh, that be good? Uh, my stomach actually just it. rumble there. As you <laughs> if we could isolate that stomach rumble, that was oh unbelievable. God, I'd love to do a flapjack tour. Oh, it'd be amazing. Uh, let, let, forget about the Mountain Airhouse, Warehouse one. Yeah. If you work... Or like, if like, there's a, a local bakery to you that you think's got the best flapjacks. Don't do this. No, it'd be so Don't good. Do, the people will send them in, and yeah, me no. and you are going to balloon. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to be like Elvis's, latter stage Elvis's. We don't, because we've got a problem. We have problems yeah. with, we are. We have a weakness for flapjacks, don't we? We do, yeah. We can't say, we can say no to most things. In fact, everything, but other than flapjacks. Other than flapjacks, can't say no. No, won't ever pass the, yeah, don't do that. Don't send in flapjacks or reviews of flapjacks. Absolute Radio, One Golden Square, London, W1F9DJ.